We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What do you see for your future? I've spent the last 40 plus years being in front of the camera and, and, and behind the camera as a director, as a, as a producer. I'm contemplating the next act of my life involving a lot more writing. I think it, as I begin to look back, there's an urge to want to chronicle this journey that, that I've been on. And <laughs> selfishly, if there is a God, I'm hoping that he is in agreement with me that I should be the next host of Jeopardy because that's a job that I have wanted for a long time. You could absolutely get that job and it would make sense to a lot of people. Makes sense to me. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm, the, I'm not only the right person, I think I'm the perfect person. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I agree. So um, I want Jeopardy to be a, a part of, of of what happens next for me. It just seems like a natural extension of, of that which I have dedicated um, my life to. When you say that, are you putting it out in the universe what you kind of want to happen? Or are you actually like campaigning? Are you talking to them? Or like, is this in motion at all? Um, both. Um, I'm putting it out there in the universe. I have for a long time. Um, and I'm in conversations. I've, I'm doing everything that I can to, to put myself in the mix. Absolutely. LeVar Burton is cool and deep and philosophical and he's just everything. And talking to him was so awesome. We talked about Roots. We talked about Star Trek. We talked about reading Rainbow. We talked about where the country is and where the country is going and what it means to be Black. And this guy's just awesome. I did not imagine I would enjoy talking to him as much as I did. Ah, This one's awesome. For half the conversation, stay right where you are for the whole thing, which is awesome and totally worth it. Subscribe at patreon.com slash Show. patreon.com 
slash Toray show for $5 a month. You get full Wednesday episodes and our Friday Patreon exclusives. An hour of LeVar Burton is so worth your time. It's LeVar Burton on Toray show. It seems unprecedented, the anger, the rage, the violence. And it really bothers me when people say, we are divided, it's division, it's partisanship. It's not like the left and the right are both, you know, violent in the streets. The right, the Trumpers are violent and rising up in a reality-free zone to protest against the truth. The left is not doing that. The whataboutism that's going on, uh, uh, you know, on the right, um, equating last week's events to the protests this summer is just maddening. It is very maddening. It is very maddening. And yet it provides... I mean, obviously, the what we saw in each provides critical context. I was at rallies. I'm sure you were at rallies. We saw rallies on TV where people who were peaceful, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, who were not being aggressive toward the police were attacked, where the police rioted against Mm -hmm. us, where Mm -hmm. we showed up and they were already ready for a fight. Um, I saw an event where, I'm sorry, a couple of empty Poland spring bottles small mm. ones were thrown mm. from the crowd mm-hmm. and glanced off of officers who were mm-hmm. wearing all this and they mm-hmm. went nuts yeah sure clubbing everyone yeah. you know and that thousands of them can just show up and not get shot i think we are finally revealing the the nasty underbelly of america in as much as it will come out about all of the collusion that went on between those on Capitol mm-hmm. Hill and uh, the insurrectionists. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's going to come out and it's going to be mm-hmm. ugly, but it's going to be true. It's going to be true. Mm-hmm. All of the military, all of the members of law enforcement that are a part of this movement, um, it's all going to come out. Got to. I mean, it's got to. I have to feel like this is all for something, right? That we are going through this to get to some better place. I feel like a large section of the country, maybe 15 to 20% of the country, as is, is not living in reality. Mm-hmm. They are angry and violent, victimized, uh, feeling victimized, feeling aggrieved, feeling entitled, and uh, and because they believe that the election was stolen, that will justify anything in the future. Any any behavior, any action is fine because it's less than, well, you stole an election. And they have all these media sources that are Bananas. filling them up and, 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 and Trump being uh, sort of deposed in this disgraced way perhaps only lifts them up. And they look at what happened on 1-6 as a victory. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It's wild, man. It's bananas. I, I just, 
I don't know. But if if I have if I had no optimism, I I wouldn't be able to get out of bed, bro. <laughs> I swear. I mean, I have to have an optimistic point of view. I just don't know how we get out of this when we have people who don't believe in reality. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that social media, Facebook, really um, is in in large measure responsible for that. Um, Facebook is a big part of that. Yeah. I mean, the, the way they target information to people based on who you are and where you live and your likes and dislikes, it's just, um, it's a problem. It's a problem. No, when we were, when we were kids, everybody opened the same newspaper. New York yes. Times, Boston Globe, right. LA That's Times, right. whatever. That's right. You, it said the same thing. You may have a different opinion on it. But we had a shared reality. Every, right. Now... Everybody open. Imagine everybody opens a different newspaper mm-hmm. that says different things. They're mm-hmm. opening a newspaper that says the election was stolen from Trump, and they're like, "You're insane if you don't think that the election was stolen." And I'm like, "Google is free," and they're like, "Google is full of lies." Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's not just Facebook; it's Fox News as well. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. One thing with you. And you have the reading rainbow T-shirt on. Just the very quality of your voice is so interesting and compelling to so many people. And that has really driven, I think, the second half of your career so much. Just mm-hmm. just the quality of your voice. Even people who don't know what you did in the first half of your career, they're like, I just like listening to the sound of his voice. Hmm. Talk about how you try to use that instrument and and, and then it's and then the the end result is all these people are like compelled like lavar please read to me because mm-hmm. they just love the sound of your voice mm-hmm. how does that happen um i, I think it's <laughs> uh, really as a result of of having done reading rainbow for so long and and become a part of the childhood zeitgeist of you know, um, adults now who grew up on the show. Um, there's the tendency towards nostalgia, I think, is natural for human beings. We're, especially in times like this, looking for things from our past, specifically our childhoods, that make us feel good, make us feel better um, than, we, than we currently do. Um, and so I just happened to be there at a time for them that um and the fact that i'm still here uh and still you know doing the same things that i have always tried to do um it's, it's a large part of why i do the, the podcast lavar burton reads um yes i enjoy it i mean i i think that reading aloud for me it's one of the, the most fun ways of storytelling that i can imagine but having said that i know that this generation um are going to inherit the shit show that my generation is leaving them. And in order to solve the problems that, that confront us going forward, y'all are going to need your imaginations chief among all skills, right? Because we have to be able to imagine a world that is different from the one that we currently inhabit in order to manifest that. That's the way manifestation works. You have to be able to see it. You have to be able to imagine it, right? Right before you can produce it. 
You have to define what it is. And so I am trying in part through the podcast to get y'all back into that imaginative space where you can exercise that muscle because you are going to sorely need it. Um, one of the seminal memories of my childhood, I was about six and I said, I want to watch Roots. And they wow. said, great, wow. go ahead. I don't think they knew what I was uh, you know, in for. And I remember vividly sitting on the edge of the bed and Toby, your character, had gotten had run away and was being brought back. I never referred to the character I played as Toby. Ever. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> he was truly he was truly Kunta. Yes, he, he was. was truly Kunta. But at the capitulation in hour four was, as Fiddler said, to survive. Live, live to fight another day. But yes. he always, always knew who he was. He never surrendered that identity. Never. He had he had run he, he had run away yes. and he was being brought back, and they tied him to a tree yes. and cut off his toes. Yes, right. That's and right. I must have made some face that made my father go, Oh, this is clearly too much for him. Cause he turned it off. Like wow. Wow. He's clearly traumatized by what he's just seen. Mm-hmm. And I, I just remember being like, whoa, that was more than I thought I was getting out of this television experience. Well, I imagine Pops was traumatized, too. I imagine Pops was traumatized, too. I mean, America was enlightened and traumatized simultaneously, right? We didn't, we didn't know the story. We had no clue of the cost of slavery. We had no idea. Um, so it was really a, 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 an education for all of us, for white and black America. The story of slavery in America. How were you transformed as a person and as an actor in the making of it? You mean on a personal or a professional level? Both. Both. And I don't mean... I don't mean it took your career to another level. We right. th- we know that, but like it, it surely that journey must have transformed you as an actor as well as as a person. That journey um, has served to inform the entirety of my life from that moment till now. It has really helped. It helped crystallize and even define, help me define who I am and what my purpose in life is um it was it it was an experience that really caused me to in a very conscious way align myself with the with the struggle with the journey of my ancestors and what i can do on an individual level to ensure that their sacrifice was not in vain. That that my presence on this planet, that the 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 work that I do, the the breath that I take, the thoughts that I think, the decisions that I make, all inure to the idea that their sacrifice 
was not in vain. That phrase that I am my ancestors, right? Dream. Wildest dream. Wildest dream. I believe in that shit. I believe it. Oh, it's real. That's real. Yeah, it is. It is. And on a professional level, I mean, those... Cicely, my very first day as a professional actor, my very first scene in Roots, Cicely Tyson played my mother, Maya Angelou played my grandmother. I mean, I was mm. dropped in the midst of, uh, of, of royalty, Black performing royalty, right? Lou Gossett, Moses Gunn, Harry Rhodes, um, all of them. And they embraced me and schooled me. My entire professional ethic was forged in those seven weeks on location in Georgia, on roots. My entire professional ethic. You show up, you know your lines, you treat everybody with respect. I mean, those things I learned from them as what you do, just like breathing. These are the things that you do, right? They, they took me in and they schooled me. Was it hard emotionally to uh, make that film? There were moments where it was excruciating. There were, there were moments where it was devastatingly difficult. There are, there are a couple of days when we shot in the hold the, 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 of the ship for the Middle Passage that I know for a fact, Touré, LeVar checked out and Ancestor checked in. So that I could get through that. So that I could live those moments. That the ancestors were there. I know it. I know it. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. 
On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. Hey, peeps. It's your girl, Danielle Moody, host of Woke AF Daily. Every weekday, I'm sounding the alarm and keeping you woke to all the pure evil that is going on in our country. Check me out now at patreon.com slash woke AF. Get five new shows every week for just $5 a month. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. What is the legacy of Roots? I think the legacy of Roots Torre is, is that A, um, it was the beginning of an education that America sorely needs, mm. right? We are, not, um, we are not honest in the least with who we are as a nation. We believe in this myth of American exceptionalism, which is a, an, an illusion, when in fact, you know, <laughs> what we did was come to this land and steal it from the people who lived there and killed anyone who resisted, which I, I know I would have been on the resistance side of that equation. We imported labor, human beings, to build this land up and, and grow the economy to the point where it became the most powerful nation on earth. And we are in denial of, about the evils that we have participated in, not just in this country, but around the globe. Mm-hmm. And, and so Roots was a major shared experience of awakening, just like last Wednesday was a shared experience mm. of awakening, right? Mm. Made possible through the medium of communication, this electronic media. Roots was, a, was an entertainment that captivated the nation. I mean, literally captivated the nation. And it was the national conversation. We are having a national conversation now, right? The protests this summer were were a shared experience. And the reason that I'm hopeful is that it is no longer just Black people talking about the inequities Mm -hmm. in this country, in this system, in all of the, the... the systems that are racist in America. This is the conversation we have been avoiding for a few hundred years, really. I mean, there are so many things. Last year, when Watchmen came out, most of America thought that the inclusion of the, the, the Tulsa massacre was a fiction, that mm-hmm, it was made mm-hmm, up, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't know 
about the thousands of lynchings. We don't know about any of this stuff because we have collective and purposeful amnesia. We don't teach this stuff in schools. I watched Wolf Blitzer on TV this morning crying at Auschwitz because his grandparents died there. And we don't teach the Holocaust in school anymore, let alone slavery. There's a whole generation of Americans who have no idea what the Holocaust was or what it was about. So Roots, the, the legacy of Roots was that it was the first in a series of, of, of awakening, moments of awakening for America around the issue of the enslavement of African peoples um, and forced to build, build this country. Um, I think that a, a, another part of Roots' legacy, there's a through line, I believe, that goes from the end of the Civil War and Reconstruction, then the Great Migration from the South to the North, Civil Rights Movement in the 60s, Roots in the 70s, Barack Obama gets elected president. Remove one of those links and the whole mm -hmm. thing falls apart. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So so Roots has a, a, a deserved place in that timeline um, for for being an essential moment, an essential event for where we are now. And I think without Roots, we we would be it's hard to imagine even less prepared to deal with what's coming next. Um, yes. And I think that timeline is accurate. And I think that it's hard for people to fully realize what a national conversation and what a singular event it was, because now there's a million channels. And mm -hmm. then there were really three mm -hmm. options. What am I going to mm -hmm. watch tonight? I got ABC, NBC, CBS. That is right. it. Pretty much. Maybe PBS. But Maybe like, PBS. Mm -hmm. And so... It, it 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 had a singular impact on the country in a way that no television program could now. We all watch Tiger King, but it's not the same as the when everyone was watching Roots or even when everyone's watching Who Shot JR, right? Those right. big moments of the 70s were much bigger. Um um and and it and it it dovetails beautifully with what we see with the 1619 project of the understanding at the ultimate old media institution that this is a slaveocracy and slavery is the not just the original sin but the core part of the american story that's what we have been unwilling to deal with for generations the the, the core nature of slavery as the driver of America's rise to, to the world power that it is today. Slavery is a part of everything that happens in this country, the remnants of it. You can't, you can't be in, a, in, in today's America and, and not be at the effect, whatever side of the color line you are on, whether you are benefiting from your privilege or have a need on your neck, mm. it all goes back to the period of enslavement. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, 
Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash thrivemarket.com slash Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. There was a book that came out after 2016 that talked about your proximity to areas that owned a certain number of slaves and how likely you were to have voted for Trump and, and Republicans versus Hillary and Democrats. And there's this very strong correlation between the areas that own slaves and the areas that now vote Republican. Mm-hmm. In that respect, not a lot has changed. No. Not a lot has changed. Like I said, there, there, are, there are more of what I call my melanin-challenged brethren and sisters <laughs> who, are, who are aware of the realities, right? But the majority are not. The majority are firmly rooted in their denial. Of the I, truth. Appreciate, I appreciate melanin-challenged. I, <laughs> I love that. I love it. I love it because it others them, and I always yes. feel like people of color others us. Yes, and and it others them. Yeah. Well, whiteness being the you know the default in in America um, is part of what we all have to deal with. The yeah. fact that you know I say about privilege, privilege is not having to think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Privilege yeah. is not having to think about how much privilege you have, or conversely, not having to think about how disadvantaged fellow Americans are, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. By virtue of the color of their skin. So unless you have a vested interest in doing the work, the introspective work that is necessary in order to get up to speed and and get on the same page as those who were in the streets this summer and and fighting for, um, for social change, Unless you have a vested interest, you are unlikely to take that step, to make that move, to, as I say, do the hard work that's necessary. And I think we are reaching a tipping point where most of America, we're not there yet, but I think we're gaining traction 
I think a lot of people are waking up. A lot of people are, our eyes are being open. Yeah, I think so. You wonder how long they'll stay open. Well, I think based on the fact that it was a lot of young people, majority of young people in the streets this summer bodes well. Um, mm -hmm. These are people who are, are, are not going to go back into some state of somnambulance and, and, and regress or retrench. I think the retrenchment that, that we are experiencing after Barack Obama's two terms as president um, is, is, is a, a reflex. It's, it's, it's a response, right? We went from one of the, if, certainly, unarguably, one of the, the, the brightest, smartest, um, most intellectual uh, presidents in modern mm. times mm. Mm. to Trump. I mean, Idiot. if those if those two men are not polar opposites, show me a better example. Well, I think that we as a country are, tend to do that, that each president is the opposite of the previous one mm -hmm. uh, in that, like, say, Clinton was considered sort of like fun and loosey goosey and like, mm -hmm. you know, he's fooling around in the Oval Office. A lot of people didn't appreciate that. So then we get the teetotaler businessman president who's you know more traditionally macho mm -hmm. right but then he's kind of dumb so he's followed up by the brilliant professorial academic but he's too black so he's followed up by the white white supremacist you know boss hog mm -hmm. um who's who has no decency no character no morals and thus he's followed up by somebody who's all about decency family, morals, you know, he's he's sort of above it all, not in a self-righteous way, but so I, I think we kind of keep finding the 180 in one way yes, or another. I think you're right. I think you're right. And I, and I guess that sort of that sort of movement speaks to the energy of course correction, which is yeah, yeah. I think designed yeah. to keep us kind of on the straight and narrow, but we have gone way We're off pendulum. the rails here. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We've gone way I, I, off the rails. I agree with your timeline of events the of, of roots ultimately leads to Obama. And there's mm -hmm. one event that I think is critical in that timeline that is not talked about enough is that the brief non-candidacy of Colin Powell mm -hmm. when he was saying, I'm thinking about running, and mm -hmm. the country left and right seemed to be like, yes, great mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. And it was really like, we can seriously get behind and imagine a black person as president. And it was really the mm -hmm. first time that like a black person like seriously could be president. And people mm -hmm. were like, yeah, we love this idea. And he mm -hmm. did not ultimately find the fire in the belly to go out there and run. But it, 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 to me, I feel like it sort of broke the mold a little bit in that a lot of people were then like, okay, I can see not just Morgan Freeman, but mm -hmm. I can see an actual black person in the White House and me liking it. He created space for Obama. Yeah. Yeah. That makes One that of the people that, yeah. who... yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I'd never thought about it that way before, but you're right. So, you know, Star Trek was another gigantic uh, part of your career, another mm -hmm. moment where you're part of a gigantic 
part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that That's kind of like, you know, like LeBron or something joining the Lakers. Like it's already this massive institution. Mm-hmm. And then somebody, mm-hmm. everybody knows, joins the institution. Like mm-hmm. just, just – <laughs> um, <laughs> What was the Star Trek experience like? Because I know you walk in to there's a whole legion mm-hmm. of fans who are mm-hmm. already just like a thousand percent in on the. I mean, I think about you know Shatner on SNL. Mm-hmm. It's just a TV show. Like, what mm-hmm. are you talking about? Right. Um, but it's well, it's I, more than just a TV show. It was for me growing up. It absolutely was for me. You were and, and my family. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, look, I'm a and have been since I was a kid a, a, a huge fan of science fiction literature. Love it. Love science fiction literature. I think primarily because for me, science fiction literature invites us to contemplate the what if experience for humanity. What if, right? We are invited into that space of what if through science fiction. And and there is, again, that is how we manifest. Look look at all the technology that we enjoy right now that was inspired by a 1960s television show. Mm -hmm. This is Mm -hmm. this 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 Mm -hmm. AirPod here. That's Uhura. This iPad, that's next generation. Jordy carried around a red one that was only for the chief engineer, right? Mm-hmm. It, Absolutely. The so, original phones were always flip right, phones. The flip cell phone, that's the tricorder, right? That's mm-hmm. the communicator. So we're living in Star Trek. We are absolutely. So the <laughs> the the influence of of that television show um it runs really, really deep. And for me, a, a, a reader of science fiction and a fan of science fiction, Gene Roddenberry's vision was revolutionary because it was rare for me to have heroes in the pages of those books and stories that looked like me. Seeing Nichelle Nichols on that bridge meant that when the future came, there would be a place for me and people who looked like me. That was huge for this young black kid growing up in Sacramento, California who loved to imagine. I grew up in the 60s, man. And it was not a great time to be to be a young black kid. It just was not. Not where race is concerned. I was taught. I was taught as a child through media influence, the news and 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 by society. I was taught that I was inferior to white people and that I had a place and that for my own good, I needed to stay there. But thank God I had the mother that I did because she wasn't about any of that. And she instilled in me a set of values that said there was nothing that I could not accomplish in this life if I put my mind to it, right? So um, when you find validation in popular culture, it really goes a long way toward helping you Define for yourself and develop for yourself a healthy and positive self-image. And Star Trek was instrumental in that regard for me when I was a kid. For more from me and LeVar, join us over at patreon.com slash Show. 
Thanks so much to LeVar for a great interview. And thanks to you for listening. And thanks to our super producers, Britt, Marcus Harkis, Noel, Sam Montes, Jason Reynolds, Graville Calais, Michelle, Brenda Cox, Kathy F., Keena Murphy, and Earl Dorsey. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show and on Patreon at patreon.com slash Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jackie Garifano. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shanta Covington. Our booker is Claudia Jean. And we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Friday and on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.